it's that time of the week to listen to an audiobook. And this time, it's The Yearny. So, sit back, relax, and listen. Chapter 6 Have you started it yet? Well, I've just told you, Ty. Has it started? Good. Right. Nice. Stop making me angry. Nice me who could do with a sandwich. Sam and Ollie headed off in the direction of the next town along the Ryman Road, Rymania. Don't insult me, Ollie. Tis possible to his Ryman. He can have a ride in a cove if I want one. Just keep riding. Sam got out a metronome so that he could time their steps. Twenty, he said. What? asked Ollie, looking up from his depressed state. I'm timing us. What do you mean? It's like a little game. Who are we playing against, Sam? I'm playing ye, of course. I see. And who's winning, like I need to ask? Oh, tis close. I'm on twenty. And what am I on? Ye haven't started yet, so I'm losing because I haven't said a number yet. Nay, not a number. Twenty. Two o. Oh, twenty. Sam, I... never mind. Look, I thought we were finding this sock factory. Not factory, Ollie. Supermarket. I'm not sure you can call it a super... Oh, why do I even try? Oh, I do nay nay, Ollie. Come on. They kept on walking down the road until they came to it. Took them a while, but not too long. Enough time that it meant it would be sensible to finish off the chapter sign. I say what I want. They crept forward and knocked on the door. You again? Stop interrupting its ride. Oh yes, forget that then. They crept forward, but the doors opened as if by magic. But twasn't magic, twas just a normal supermarket door. They walked in and made their way to the information desk. Chapter 7 A lady stood behind the information desk, wearing a big smile and eating a chippy whip. As they approached, she took off the smile, as is courtesy, and curtesied. I mean curtsied, as is courtesy. Ollie bowed low and hit his head on the desk. <laughs> Sam stared for a moment at the lady. Have I nay seen ye somewhere before? he asked. No, she replied with a deep booming voice. Ye have ne'er seen me before. Once the echo had died down, Sam and Ollie looked at each other, then back at her. Ollie stepped forward. Hello, my friend and I have come here on a mission. I don't know why, but apparently I have to ask you for a loyalty card. I see, bellowed the lady in a surprisingly delicate manner. And whom, pray, is this loyalty card for? Well, for us, I suppose. The lady looked puzzled, just for a moment. I don't understand, she said. Now it was Ollie's turn to look puzzled. Um, he mumbled and looked at Sam. The lady tried to clarify. Loyalty cards aren't just for anyone, you know. We can't just give them away. Ollie put on his silly face again, you know. That one where you look like there's no hype. Yes, that one. Right what that looks like. Oh, yes, OK, then. I'll leave it to the reader's imagination imification. That's called a writing technique, because I'm a writer. Someone once gave me a poetic licence, so it's official. What? Get on with it, then. Ollie looked up in defiance and said to the lady, 
We want the loyalty card for ourselves. Is that such a problem? I don't understand, said the lady. What is there not to understand? She looked at Sam and shrugged her shoulders. He means we need it for our elves. Oh, right, she said. Why didn't you just say so? In order to get a loyalty card for your elves, you'll need to prove your loyalty. Go and select a pair of patent socks from the pile in the aisle. The lady reached out her finger and pointed with dread down aisle nine. Right in the middle of it sat an enormous pile of socks, but every single one was plain. You'll have to dig a bit, she said. Sam and Ollie walked up the aisle to the pile, and Sam felt that it had been a while since he'd had a smile. The lady put hers back on. Ollie started taking socks off the pile one at a time and started making a new pile, but after a couple of handfuls he uncovered a door. I don't like the look of this, he said to Sam. Nor do I, said Sam. Let's go. Ollie breathed a sigh of relief. In. Ollie's whole body slumped. Sam flung wide the door and both of them were thrown back by the force of an enormous sock monster, forcing its way out through the door frame and into the supermarket. Ollie quickly leapt behind a crate of trainer socks and Sam climbed into a barrel filled with football socks. He poked his head out, looked across at Ollie and said, Ready Ollie? Just like we practised, activate plan Nincompolly. Chapter 8 What? said Ollie. The sock monster roared. Sam's eyes flared red and he hid in the barrel. The sock monster rolled forward and pointed a woollen arm towards the two friends. Behind it, the pile in the aisle separated and all of the socks stood up and formed themselves into rows. Ollie peeked round the basket. Not a single patent sock among them, he observed, because he's clever like that. The socks started to run, which looked pretty funny. Have you ever seen a sock run, Ollie? You've seen a nose run? Why does that work? They don't have feet. Cold? Wouldn't socks feet up in the cold? No, I do not know what he said one minute ago. What does that matter anyway? Um, you're the one writing it, not me. I care not. Where were we? Ah, oh, yes. While we were talking, the socks had managed to arm themselves with things available in the sock supermarket. Socks? Um... A little socks, bigger socks, you get the picture. A small group of them rushed forward all of a sudden and Ollie pushed the basket over and crushed them. The sock monster looked at him angrily and stamped himself. It roared again and the supermarket shook. All the little socks had run over to the shelves now and were shaking them. Boxes of socks started to fall down and Ollie looked across at Sam who had his eyes closed and was muttering under his breath, Planning on Polly, planning on Polly, planning on Polly. Ollie ran over and grabbed Sam's shoulder. What is plan Nincom Polly, Sam? How can I help? Sam looked up at Ollie, a concerned look on his face. I thought you'd know, Ollie. You always seem to know the sensible thing to die. The two of them looked up at the approaching horde of socks together and held hands as they prepared themselves for their impending dime at the hands of unruly socks. Ollie... I didn't like that it's the end already. We didn't even get to the end of the first part. But the socks are coming. But hi. But you didn't end I planning, come Polly. You mean I can make anything up I want? Okay, here goes. 
Fortunately, just at that very moment, a group of wandering minstrels came wandering past. Do you want to join us? they asked. Ollie nodded pleadingly. Get into me mandolin, one of them said, and Ollie jumped in. Get into my piccolo, said another, sounded as he was told, and they wandered out of the supermarket. Sam reached out and grabbed a loyalty card on the way, and Ollie started to cry again. Chapter 9 It didn't take long for Sam and Ollie to drop off in their respective modes of transport, particularly Sam, because piccolos are surprisingly comfortable on a Thursday. They dreamt of pineapples and white mice, rainbow-coloured jackets and the world's largest pizza. Well, Sam did anyway. What did Ollie dream of? Away from me? Yeah, right. Ollie dreamt of something boring like eating a piece of paper. When they awoke, it was pitch black, and they both quickly realised that they had been taken captive by the stupid wandering minstrels. It's like I always say, Ollie, never trust someone who's wandering. I said it once. No. No, ye. Sam whispered, Ollie. Oh, Sam, you're here, said Ollie. Thank goodness. What's happened? Looks like we're prisoners. What are we going to die now? I don't know, but I'd sure like to get out of here. I concur, Excellency. Ollie felt around in the dark, which is more difficult than you might think while in a straitjacket and tied to the ceiling. I can't tell where we are, he said. Sam switched on the light. Ah, oh, that's better. Oh, look, we're in a restaurant. Can you get me down, said Ollie through gritted teeth. Oh, fine, said Sam. He undid the rope he'd used to tie Ollie to the ceiling and undid the straitjacket tie. Did you think it was funny? he asked. Sam, I'm losing the capacity to think at all. I've never been able to cope with your version of reality, let alone your version of fiction. Tint fiction. If twas, would it hurt if I did this? Sam kicked Ollie on the knuckle, and Ollie winced in pain. What are you doing? he screamed. Proving a point, said Sam. Now stop your chipping, eat me whip, and please get me the morning paper. Ollie stopped arguing. He looked around. Is there a way out? he wondered out loud. What did I just say about wandering? Sam asked. Sam, it's a different kind of wandering, Ollie said. I don't get it. Give me that let me read it. Okay, got it now. Sam said, that kind of wandering's okay. Just don't let me catch you doing the other kind or there'll be trouble. At that moment, Sam's fine rang. Who's this? He said into the fine. There was no response. Ollie suggested Sam answer the call again. I know I, he said and pressed the answer button. Who's this? He said into the fine. Isn't it Sam? came the response. Sam checked for a moment. Oh, yeah, definitely me. Phew, he replied. Phew, indeed. Give me a minute. The phone went dead. A couple of seconds passed and then Sam and Ollie heard a banging sound coming closer through the air conditioning. The sound got lighter and lighter and the duct started to shake. Oh, no, said Ollie. Has the sock monster found us? Shh, hissed Sam. Hide! Sam and Ollie quickly find places to hide around the restaurant and the banging got louder and louder until it suddenly stopped. They stayed perfectly still, listening. Door pretty, came a sign from the duct. A grill swung open and Cousin Stupid dropped down. Sam and Ollie walked out into the open. It's raining, said Cousin Stupid. What are you doing here? asked Ollie. I could ask ye the same question, said Cousin Stupid, but more to the point. When did ye make my classroom look like a restaurant? 
Sam and Ollie both paused for a moment, and Sam held his hand up to signal that he would take things forward. What were you trying to get, Toy? he asked. School, Cousin Stupid answered. I'm late for my jewellery class. Cousin Stupid wiggled his eyebrows up and down. Well, you aren't there, but you've come at just the right time. We've been locked up by wandering minstrels. Cousin Stupid looked angry. Oh, I hate it when people start wandering. Sam looked for a moment like he was going to say something, then thought better of it. Is there a way out of here? he asked Cousin Stupid. Cousin Stupid nodded. This way, he said, indicating with a nod of his head and starting to run off. Sam and Ollie followed. He led them to the kitchen door, peeped through that little round window, then pushed open the door and led them through a maze of cookers and hanging pots and pans. Turning a final corner, they came to a back door. Cousin Stupid picked the lock with a feather he kept tucked behind his ear for just such an occasion and pushed the door open just a bit. He looked out, then drawing back, put a finger to his lips and made space for Sam and Ollie to take a peek. They did sigh and saw the wandering minstrels all outside the door. Wandering. Chapter 10 Sam and Ollie started wandering. Ollie wandered out loud. What are we going to do? They'll just take us captive again if we walk out. Yes, said Cousin Stupid, but not me. They think I'm in my jewellery lesson. Good point, said Sam. Can you get out and create a diversion, Ensign? Ich can, said Cousin Stupid confidently. Follow me out in ten minutes. He ran off, back towards the kitchen. Ten minutes to spend, eh, said Sam. What could we die? I have a pack of cards in my pocket, said Ollie. We could play whist. Sounds good, said Sam. I'll deal. One, one, tie, tie, three, three. He's dealing. But I want tie. Nothing. All right, fine, you ruin everything. Sam and Ollie played whist, and it was really exciting, but Ollie didn't want me to talk about it, so ten minutes later they were ready to follow Cousin Stupid. Hey, said Sam, look at me, I'm a wandering minstrel. Where did you get that costume from? asked Ollie. You're just hanging around, said Sam, pointing to the hooks on the wall. Give me one of those. Sam and Ollie marched out the door, dressed like wandering minstrels, and the real wandering minstrels didn't even look up. One of them looked over and composed a new line to a song he was writing in his head. Come on, let's get out of here, said Ollie. But just as they were about to run, both of them shrieked to a halt. Stop right there, came a shout from the top of a hillock border in the car park. Yes, they'd got to a car park. No, I do not have to give every little detail, I'm not an idiot. Looking up, Sam and Ollie saw the familiar frame of Gertie from the shop. If you do not give me twenty before next choice day, you will never see Jiminy Glenn again. Gertie jumped down to his milk flight and urged it forward. Sam and Ollie started to climb the hillock, but it had rained the night before, so it was slippy. We should have listened to Cousin Stupid, said Sam. He's getting away, said Ollie, looking downcast. Sam and Ollie looked at each other, their faces forlorn, then looked up to watch the shape of the milk flight getting smaller and smaller as Gertie drove away, a Jiminy Glynn-shaped bag struggling in the back. Ollie, he was working a shrinking machine. Oh, right, he wasn't working a shrinking machine. That's just what happens when someone moves away. I wonder they call it downsizing. Gertie drove into the distance, and Sam and Ollie now knew what they must die. Save Jiminy Glynn. 
end of part one. That was exciting, isn't it? Join in next time for another exciting instalment of The Yearney. Bye.